Welcome to the Retirement Oasis, a podcast that helps you enjoy, plan, and visualize a retirement lifestyle defined by you. Your hosts and fiduciary financial planners, Mel Bond and Steve Martin, are here to offer wisdom and encouragement along with financial and lifestyle ideas for your journey into the best season of life. And now at the helm today, your hosts, Mel Bond and Steve Martin. Hello, and welcome to the Retirement Oasis podcast. We've got another neat episode for you today, but I'm Steve Martin, one of the co-hosts of this podcast, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Mel Bond. Hey, everybody. Mel, good to have you today. Looking forward to today's discussion. We're going to be talking about one aspect of fulfillment in retirement, and that's leisure. Again, on this podcast, we cover a lot of different uh, financial and non-financial issues, but the non-financial issues are pretty important. So over the next four episodes, we're, we are going to be covering four aspects of fulfillment. And today, again, it's going to be leisure. So I'm really looking forward to that discussion. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about play. Absolutely. Well, let's get started. And Mel, before we get into the details of leisure, I just want to set the stage again, remind the listener that we did cover designing an ideal retirement in the uh, episode two and three, I believe. So to for those listeners that have not heard that, you might want to go back and listen to it to provide a little bit more of a foundation as we talk about these four areas of designing an ideal retirement, four domains, if you will. And four domains, again, play and leisure, we're going to talk about that today. That's critical. But three other domains are just as critical, if not more critical, and that's connecting or having relationships, renewal, mind, body, and spirit, as well as work. So the four aspects of retirement we're going to cover over the next few episodes. We're going to cover leisure today. So I'm excited uh, to talk about today's activity. And and I want to cover some of the benefits real quick of thinking about leisure activities well before you retire. You know, from a practical standpoint, of course, it helps accelerate your your game plan for retirement and helps you be ready when that retirement day comes. But it also could help you in today, right? It could help you if you're thinking about what fulfillment is for you. Well, why do you have to wait until retirement? So some of these exercises and some of the thought processes that you might go through uh, could help you today. So let's let's get into leisure a little bit more, Mel, and dive dive deep into that if you want to. Yep, sounds great. The first domain that Steve mentioned is play or leisure. And it's those activities, of course, that we get pleasure out of. Uh, And that can be unique to each person, golfing, sitting on the beach, any number of things. And we'll give you some ideas through this podcast and the blog. Of course, it usually is considered, uh, when we talk about pleasure, it's fun. And sometimes there needs to be some spontaneity to it, not just a planned activity, but some spontaneity like, hey, the weather's great today. I'm going to grab my clubs and and go over to that course. You might have played that course a thousand times, but the spontaneity of just going at at the last minute can be fun. And um, (laughs) like most things, you don't want to get too carried away with play. The traditional view of retirement is resting and having a fun activity, but those who feel less successful in retirement typically move from overworking, binging on working, 
to then, you know, overplaying and binging on on play and and leisure, leisure. So we do want to have a healthy approach to to our fun. It's not unusual in retirement for someone to kind of front load their leisure activities. You know, you you are thinking about retirement and having better health now maybe than you will in 20 years. So, I mean, you could call it the honeymoon stage. And so you might, a lot of people think about having a period of time, maybe that's 10, 15 years where they're really active in certain ways. And then that activity may change. What's the uh, saying? Uh, Well, we've got the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years. And thinking about your your fun activities can sometimes be put into those, um, those time periods. Some of the benefits of uh, having fun playing, Dr. Stuart Brown said that play can lead to what is called neoteny. Is that is that how we say that, Steve? We that sounds up. good. I think that's right. Okay. Basically, it means you're bringing some aspects of being an adolescent back into your life. So it's like, oh, the inner child can come out again. It's got this wonderful scientific name and research behind it that says uh, it's good for us. That means curiosity, being open to change, being spontaneous, uh, having an attitude of I'm going to do a fun activity. And if, you know, if if my best friend's going with me, then this is going to be fun no matter what we do. It's um, one of my college buddies says, I'm just happy to be here. So there's a little bit of that in there too. The title of his book where he says, uh, play shapes the brain, opens the imagination, invigorates your soul, convinces me that play should be part of my retirement. And play often leads to laughter. And there's so much evidence that laughter is good for our health. It can boost immunity. It minimizes risk of heart disease. It relieves stress. It strengthens your resilience to things that you have that happen in your life. And uh, it actually helps you burn off some extra calories too. So play also then helps us to live more in the present, to be uh, more engaged in what you're doing today and not lost in where you want to go into the future. And, and that is a way actually to maximize your happiness, being more focused on the present. And this idea of resiliency is so important in our in our culture today, where many people get their eyes off of uh, the, the things that really bring them happiness. So the, the moments of happiness created by play can also uh, help us get through difficult times or mundane times in our lives by uh, connecting us to the, our past, where we've had happiness and giving us hope for regaining some happiness in the future. And I want to take a little side trip and talk about drivers or those things that are part of our DNA that excite us in pursuing certain activities, or it uh, tells us how we would enjoy to engage in these activities. And it doesn't only just go uh, go along with leisure activities, but certainly that's that's part of it. It goes along with any activities we do in retirement. We've got to be cognizant of how we are wired, and that again will dictate maybe how we engage in the activity. So, it could be looking at uh, looking at values, um, some of the things that 
Um, got listed here, accomplishments. So do we enjoy accomplishments? So if so, we're probably going to want to keep score on on golf, you know, pretty, pretty closely. <laughs> Belonging, creativity, friendship, prestige, recognition, um, many other values that will drive how we as individuals enjoy engaging these activities. And Mel, you and I, I know are big fans of Clifton Strengths Finders. I that's typically applied to work, but it can be applied to retirement. So really that's in for those that aren't familiar with Strength Finders, it's just a good exercise to really know who you are, what drives you, what motivates you. And you know, I can see that being used in retirement. I don't know about you, Mel, if you have thoughts on that. No, um, that's, I think it's uh, spot on. And I always encourage anybody of any age to get a hold of Strengths Finders, take the test and talk. And it helps to do it, you know, with your spouse or, or best friends or whatever. So you can talk a little bit about the strengths and whether what you see and they see match up, that, that helps uh, reinforce this insight into who you are. And Strengths Finders has been used and studied uh, by psychologists. So some of these personality tests that we do don't necessarily have scientific research behind them, but uh, Strengths Finders does, as does Myers-Briggs. Absolutely. And, and I like that idea of having an accountability partner. Uh, keeping things true is always helpful. Um, a couple other points before we go into, we're going to look at travel here in just a bit, Mel, but a few other points about play and leisure, just uh, some quick points. You mentioned earlier, be spontaneous. You know, some structure is good in retirement. A total lack of structure is not a good thing in retirement, but uh, but retirement does afford us the ability to be spontaneous and come up with, you know, ideas out of the blue on the spur of the moment can, that can keep things exciting. And I've seen kind of more of a trend of this is blending work and leisure. You know, we're going to be talking about work, you know, or semi-retirement work in retirement. That's a thing. Uh, but if you can blend it with leisure, that might be the best of both worlds for some of you, whether it's, you know, if you take on a sales consulting job and you're traveling a little bit more, um, maybe you take your sticks with you or you look at uh, more of the uh, museums of the cities that you visit. So blending work and leisure, I think, is going to become more common for those that are looking to do some semi-retirement work. You know, this last point, you know, this kind of somewhat hits home uh, for me about workaholics beware, right? Uh, so it's hard to go from working a lot to retiring. You've got to get in this right mindset, but you've got to, one author said we need to put away the virtue of, of hard work, you know, that, that Puritan work ethic. Okay, that's great and all. Maybe it helped, that helped you during your working years, but to a degree, you need to get rid of that virtue of, of work ethic and adopt more of an enjoyment ethic, if you will, according to this author. And he could pretty much suggested it's pretty sad if, you're, if your identity is tied to your work and your work alone. So there's got to be some level of enjoyment with our lives. So with that, I'll turn it over to you. We want to look at one more aspect of retirement, and that's, uh, that's travel. Let's dive deeper into that. I know that's a huge aspect of leisure that many uh, folks engage in in retirement. Yeah, a lot of people uh, think about travel as something they want to do uh, in retirement. And that is, is varies. It can be anything from seeing some national parks to traveling the world. So, and then of course, day trips from your home out to areas where you live. 
it's important to understand why we like travel so much, because this can influence your decisions and thoughts about the type of travel you want to do, how you you want to get there, and other aspects of the, the planning. So travel can do can serve many purposes for you, can give you adventure, of course, exploring places you've not been to. It can be learning, including learning uh, languages, different languages, learning different cultures, uh, history of those cultures. It can also involve just relaxing, uh, rejuvenating, you know, like I'm going to go to these 10 best beaches in the world and just sit there for a week at each one and, and enjoy it. It can uh, travel can also allow you to meet new people, both uh, when you get there, you can meet locals and visit with them. You could also travel in a group where you're getting to know the other people in the group. So when you think then about the reasons for travel, it's not just, oh, fun or play or leisure. You're you're now connecting to others and learning new things. So it's part of renewing yourself. And so with all that, it's no wonder that uh, so many people like to think about travel when they have extra time during retirement. Steve, tell us about planning a trip. Absolutely. Planning for travel is critical. And Mel, you often uh, use this uh, statistic uh, that says over half of the enjoyment of travel is actually planning for it. Um, I don't know if that's a scientific study that you got that from, but uh, it makes sense. We spend a lot of time planning for travel. It's fun to think about the different options. The Some people really enjoy planning for the logistics, but planning for it is fun, but planning for it is critical too, from a practical standpoint, both, you know, financially and non-financially from a financial perspective. Sometimes I don't think people think about that enough in terms of, okay, is my nest egg enough at retirement to travel all the different places I want to do? A lot of times folks kind of retire and they then figure out what they can budget for. I would encourage our listeners and others to really think about what that ideal retirement is. If travel is so important and travel to Europe, for example, a little more costly is important, then maybe that requires working a little bit more or saving a little bit more. So I do think that planning aspect is an important part to help those find fulfillment in retirement from a traveling perspective. Yeah, I might add there, some people are planning their trips in a way that they could uh, rent out their house while they're gone, take six months off and they find a, a renter or I'm going to fix up my house and put it up for Airbnb while I'm gone. And that helps, uh, you know, fund the trip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Think about all the different logistics, like you said, yeah, a lot of different ways in today's environment to travel. So think through that, plan through that. And we'll talk about a bucket list in a uh, bit, but that's a good point. And travel while healthy. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, the go-go years. We see that quite a bit that you might want to front load some of your travel activities because your health span won't necessarily tie to your lifespan, right? We've seen that those maybe in their early 80s start to slow down, but we've also seen the opposite. Those in their 90s can still travel. But for the most part, we do slow down in maybe those more adventurous travel destinations, maybe those take uh, center stage early on in retirement. And you alluded to this earlier, travel can be quite different in retirement. We've got much more time and flexibility. So that means that our old definition of travel might be a little bit different now. We can take a little bit longer to you know, learn the culture, like you said, maybe learn the language and try to apply that. You know, If we only had a, a week 
here and there when our prior you know travel you know it was difficult to really get immersed in in the culture but now that we have a little bit more time in retirement we can take a different approach to retirement and moving might might be an alternative too as you think about okay i want to see you know i want to see the world or i want to see a particular area of the us a lot more well maybe moving may give you there if you really want to see the west and experience that as as much as possible perhaps you move out of the midwest or the southeast maybe not forever but for a few years and you live out west and use a, a certain city uh, as your base to uh, to visit the west that could be an option too so again a lot more flexibility in today's world to to do that kind of thing yeah you know steve you were talking about the bucket list i was connecting that to this idea that half the enjoyment of travel is planning it and the bucket list is a way to plan your travel at a very high level right you're not picking flights and finding accommodations and thinking about where you're going to eat or what you're going to see. But you're beginning to think about, well, where might I want to go? And that list can also have some priorities, right? You might have, well, these five places I definitely want to go see and spend more time in. These other five, or I want to spend a little less time there, but I still want to go So the bucket list can help you enjoy the planning of the travel. And again, that there's a lot of, a lot of pleasure in that. Let's move to hobbies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, we, we covered travel. So hobbies is another big aspect of, of play or leisure, but it's generally activities that you, or that would involve either physical recreation, maybe some aspect of self-development or creative there might be some overlap there, but usually we do hobbies for, you know, the sheer pleasure of it. Some other components that we do or some other activities we do in retirement may, may be for renewal, but this is more for the sheer pleasure. As I mentioned, one of one category of hobbies is creative. So let's dive deeper into that on this episode. There'll be plenty of time to, to talk about other hobbies, but in my research, it was interesting to read about how important developing our creative side is. Yeah, a lot of the studies that I read, I I was impressed with, and it's uh, talked about how important applying our creative self is in retirement. One article said that in everyone, there's a creative person waiting to break out and make a difference in the world. And for me, I'm not a creative person, but I can see that um, I do want to apply a little bit more uh, or engage in more creative activities than I have done in the past. And let's uh, just touch on a couple of the creative activities. There's arts and crafts. There's reading and writing. It could be music, theater, and dance, you know, along those lines. You know, more specifically, maybe it's writing a book or painting, sculpting, if you will, learning a new music instrument or, or relearning a new musical instrument, playing in a band. So a whole host of different creative activities. Mel, I don't know if those categories I listed, is there anything as you you know, get closer to retirement as we all get closer to retirement. Is there anything that you can see yourself maybe doing new or something that you've done a little bit that you want to dive deeper into that would give you some kind of pleasure? Yeah. Well, I started baking and not just baking anything, but baking uh, sourdough bread. Uh, gosh, that was probably two and a half years ago. And it's something I can do with a full work schedule. And there's benefits of having really tasty bread to eat. Man, I'm, I'm about to finish up my cinnamon raisin 
Uh, sourdough bread is made with maple syrup. Let me tell you, good. It's also something I can give to others. We've taken some family trips and I took, you know, three or four loaves of homemade bread with me for everybody to enjoy. So that has worked out good. And I wanted to try that hoppy uh, before retirement so that I could see if it was going to stick. So maybe that's my best example. So we're going to see a Mel's uh, bakery and coffee shop in retirement. You used to have a coffee shop. You used to own a coffee shop. Uh, might yeah. You yeah. Been that there, again? done that and yeah. don't want to go back. So oh, okay. um, there's a no, limit. no bakery or coffee shop, but we've talked about, I think we're going to talk about hobbies that make money. My wife has a friend that baked and sold some baked goods during the pandemic to kind of help make ends meet because of job changes. So uh, I guess it could, could work out. Well, I was going to say uh, one of my activities uh, along the lines of hobbies and making money, blending the two, I could see myself. I wanted to be a sports writer as a, a young kid. I decided uh, not to uh, mainly because, because of the pay. Uh, and also I wasn't the, the best writer too at that point. And Still, I'm not. So I need to develop that uh, skill a little bit more. But you know, doing a, a niche sports writing, I don't know if it's Hoosier basketball or uh, or Texas football. I don't know something interesting that would allow me to travel. But you know, create a online sports website, right? Uh, pretty easy to do now to create your own little sports newspaper online. So, and if I could get paid, all the better. So that'd be something that. I'm thinking about long-term, but I'd have to uh, spend a lot of time increasing my skills in that regard, but it would definitely, definitely keep my brain working, I think. Yeah, and it would uh, immediately plug you into a really good group of fans, right? If you're writing about who's your basketball, you've got immediate friends wherever you go that are other who's your fans. Exactly. That's, that's kind of cool. And learning a I'll just say this. Um, I started kind of brushing off German again. I took German in high school and it's not that common of a language in the United States, but there's apps. There's so many apps. I'm using Duolingo, but it's free and I can take my own pace and uh, it's just extremely easy. While we're talking about all these choices, in some ways it can be overwhelming, which would be one reason to start early, but you need to think about why you're pursuing your creative side. It's not necessarily to become famous, although Steve could become a famous uh, sports writer at, at any age. You can make money. You could feel productive. There can just be the wonder and enjoyment of the creating. And I'll mention this about that wonder and enjoyment, and this kind of connects to the strings finders. So obviously, Steve, you and I both are very detail-oriented people to be in our profession. Great sports writing requires paying attention to details. If you've ever baked bread or done any really good baking from scratch, you know that you're measuring down to the gram. So part of the fun for me of baking bread is the level of detail that has to go into certain aspects of it. So of course, some of it is wonder and enjoyment. You know, how does that sourdough starter grow in size and how healthy is the bacteria and all that stuff? I, I don't know, but it's uh, fun to watch it happen. And that process of creating, looking up recipes and deciding how to mix things together, reading other sports writers and the type of language and metaphors they use, that's fun to do creating. And Steve, you and I both talked about the song. We, maybe this 
is our age, but, you know, Christopher Cross had this famous song about sailing and he says the canvas can do miracles. Boy, it's really true. Ooh, sailing. Now there's a good, there's a good hobby. It's a good hobby. Absolutely. Uh, it is a good hobby. Uh, I, mean, I wanted to reiterate yeah, too that the idea that it's, it's, you're not pursuing creative activities for the finished product necessarily, uh, even though you, you don't want bad bread, probably no one wants to eat bad bread. No one wants to read bad sports articles necessarily, but, but I know growing up, you know, doing certain artwork in school or, or certain things, usually you were doing creative things for either a grade or ribbon satisfaction from, from family members or friends. Uh, if you weren't that skilled, you probably were discouraged from, from pursuing activities. And that was certainly the case with me on many creative pursuits and never really painted. Uh, I'm not artistic, but I think I would still benefit in retirement or even before to pursue those activities because uh, it does do wonders for the brain, opens the imagination. And I'm not trying to sell. I mean, if I painted, I probably wouldn't show that to anybody else, but I would still get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, in selecting your hobby, maybe you didn't get good grades on in art as a kid, but you still really enjoyed the fun of it. And so you want to get back and try that out a little bit and see to what degree you enjoy doing it just for yourself. Also, you know, think outside of the box, things that you haven't done, of course. And there's lots of places to read about different hobbies. And gosh, the uh, the community is just on the other side of your computer screen as you're um, pursuing a hobby. When you think about what makes you happy, it also kind of you want to think about what have you done even in your career and, and not necessarily the field that you worked in, but the skills that you used in that career. And can you take some of those skills and put it in a new direction that's more fun or a hobby for you that can really help you transition from I really enjoy my work to I really enjoy being uh, retired. I enjoy my play, my leisure part of retirement. I'll add then that lastly, that in this little section about selecting hobbies, think about who you're going to be doing the hobbies with. That can, well, you might pick a hobby that's fantastic for you and you love it. My, uh, My stepdad loved to play golf, so he played golf for many years. And then when the kids came along, he realized that the golf was taking him away from his young children. So he changed his uh, hobby, uh, his leisure activity from golfing to sailing. So he bought a, a day sailor initially, nothing too expensive. It was nearby his home so he could take the kids on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon or something. And so he changed his hobbies because of the people that he was spending time with during his hobbies. And, you know, you probably should think about trying your hobbies uh, before you retire. That was my one of my ideas about the, the baking bread. Um, I don't have any grandchildren yet. There's one on the way, but it'll be a while before I have, you know, grandkids hanging around baking with me or enjoying eating the bread after I take it out of the oven and wait two hours. But it's good to try your hobbies out before you retire so you can see how they feel. Then when you get into retirement and have more time to devote to those hobbies, you'll probably be more enthusiastic about it because you will have already picked one or two activities that, you know, really, really fit you well. And the ones that really fit you well, that that brings me up to a point, um, you know, is it, is a hobby so important to you 
that it would suggest you you make a geographical move. You know, you mentioned selling earlier. Of course, there's some selling spots here in Nashville, uh, Mel, but but if you were a serious sailor, where would you move to or would that be something you and Kimla would consider? Yeah, that's right. It's real easy to sail along the Mississippi Gulf Coast, for example, because you have these barrier islands that keep the big waves of the Gulf of Mexico out of the sound. So you can be in open water and not have uh, the Gulf waves to deal with quite as much, for example. And there's other places uh, like that where you have a big place to sail and good weather, except for when the hurricanes come, you want to reason with hurricane season. So if that was high on your list, you guys can move back home to the uh, to the Gulf Coast or you could do it for a few years, you know, do intense sailing for a few years and move back uh, as you have maybe 10 grandkids by that point in, in Nashville. So it's, you can do it in different segments, right? Uh, is the point about planning your retirement. And if I want to pursue sports writing, who's your, and really who's your high school basketball, I'd probably want to move back at least part-time, unfortunately in the wintertime to Indiana, which again, if that's important to me, uh, that, that might be something that I should consider. And we mentioned earlier the sports writing and maybe making some money. There's a different hobbies you can do to, to make money. And if you can make an extra, you know, five to 50,000, even from some of these hobbies, uh, it can help your finances quite a bit. It can maybe motivate you to, to do more hobbies, but you know, woodworking, that's a pretty competitive field, but we see we have a few clients that do that and are making a little bit money here and there from that. Uh, photography. We hear about that a lot. Again, pretty competitive as well. A lot of people love to do that for enjoyment. So as a result, it's going to be pretty competitive to make some money, but it can be done. And you mentioned the, you know, the cooking or the catering, heard a number of people do that writing and blogging. Obviously that's huge. I mentioned that earlier. So a host of different hobbies you can do to maybe bring in some additional income at the same time, or if nothing else, maybe uh, make some of your um, hobbies deductible. Uh, you got to watch various tax issues around that, but that could be a, a side benefit as well. So, Matt, we just uh, looked at a lot of different aspects about player leisure. Again, that's just one area of finding fulfillment in retirement. We're going to be covering a few other aspects of fulfillment later. I think the next one, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that is relationships or connecting we're going to be touching on. So really looking forward to that episode. But again, leisure plays an important part in retirement. It should not be the sole aspect of fulfillment in retirement because you don't want it to be the sole aspect of retirement, but it's certainly one important aspect. The play in leisure should serve uh, a role in your retirement. You know, this has really been really a lot of fun, actually, just talking about fun. I think uh, we're, we're going to take off the rest of the day and you can go play golf. I've got a new loaf to bake. So uh, let's go. Let's do it. Well, very good. Well, thanks for joining us today at the Retirement Oasis for more information. And we have a lot more information on our blogs. You can go to our uh, theretirementoasis.com. Um, you can find some links to additional resources. And again, go to our uh, website, oasiswealthplanning.com for, for more information on the blog. Again, we're professional fiduciary uh, advisors. If you're looking for help from a, a tax, investments, lifestyle aspect and leading to retirement, feel free to reach out to us. And if you liked what you heard, go to your various podcast platform, whether it's iTunes or Switch or some of the others out there. Feel free to leave, a, leave some comments, leave a rating if you've liked what you've heard. Uh, send us an email if you have 
ideas on additional episodes. We'd love to include those. Until next time, we wish you clarity, confidence, and cheer on your way to your ideal retirement. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Retirement Oasis podcast. You can find more episodes and resources at theretirementoasis.com. Steve Martin and Mel Bond are certified financial planning practitioners at Oasis Wealth Planning Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm headquartered in Nashville with meeting locations throughout the Southeast, including Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. The opinions given are for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, financial planning, or tax advice. Consult your own professionals for recommendations specific to your situation. Investments involve risk. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. On behalf of the crew at the Retirement Oasis, we thank you for listening. 